0: Hi, I'm Adrian Schneer, Advancement Coach and Strategist, Lawyer, and Professor. And you're listening to the Advancement Spot Podcast, the podcast all about academic and professional skills, strategy, and mindset to help you make big moves to achieve a life beyond your wildest dreams. If you're looking to accomplish more and take your next steps with supportive and experience informed strategies, look no further. Let's get started.
1: and welcome to the Advancement Spot Podcast. I'm your host, Adrienne Schneer, and I'm so grateful that you've taken time out of your busy day to spend some here with me. Today, I'm going to give you a bit of an update on my ankle. Thank you for all of you who have reached out via Instagram, social media, by email to see how my ankle is doing. I appreciate it. And some of you have also been asking about, you know, what my reflections have been since then, since my last update on my ankle. We'll link to that episode in the show notes. And those are good questions because I think about this stuff all the time. And, you know, I try to be open to the reasons that things are happening, even if they're not abundantly clear at the outset. And, and this is no different. And so when something like this happens, which is, you know, it was a fluke accident and there's nothing that I could have done to prevent it, you know, we wonder, you know, what, what was the purpose of this? You know, is there meaning that comes from this? And so for me, I always try to find that meaning. And, you know, this isn't necessarily a case of like trying to find something, you know, where there's nothing or, you know, making something out of nothing. I think that there's a lot of value in finding meaning in the things that do happen that are in a way that's relevant to you and your life and where you are. And also this is one of the ways that I have lived without regret that I learn from things that happen. I don't, you know, sit there stewing that they did happen. I, I learn from them and I move on. And I think that that's actually been a really big help to me. You know, this past, few weeks i've been you know sharing more of the story in stories on instagram and one of the things that i said was that i'm not upset that this happened listen it's no it's no joke a broken ankle i've been off of it for now almost 3 weeks i guess and obviously this is not what i expected to happen this summer there's a ton of stuff that has happened in the since it happened which i'll fill you in on but it's not been easy by any stretch. I have two little kids, if you didn't know. And, you know, a lot of my really, really supportive family has had to step in to help. Uh, and I'm so, so grateful for that. I'm so grateful that we live near family, that we live near very supportive family, and, and that, you know, we have had that extra support, especially in the early days when I really couldn't, it was not easy to get around, you know, I was new to crutches and you know, my, you know, my baby and my toddler, you know, it's, it's been very challenging, but I'm not mad that this happened. I don't, you know, hold it against anybody. I can't hold it against myself. It was a complete accident, but what I try to come away with is lessons learned or something that has come out of it. So I'll fill you in on what has happened since then. And then I'll, and then I'll take you through some lessons learned. So Since I last recorded, I have had surgery. It turned out that the bone that broke was where where the surgeons initially said, oh, it's a stable fracture. You know, we'll put a cast on. It'll be fine. What ended up happening within, you know, a day or two was that I had really sort of intense pinching and pains internally in the ankle. I've never broken a bone before, so I didn't know if this was normal. I didn't know if this was part of the healing process. And I thought to myself, you know, maybe I'll just, you know, stick it out, stay at home. And, you know, half of me said, you know, I'm sure that this is part of it. And the other half of me thought to myself, what what would I have done? And what would I have said to family members that I've taken care of who have been in hospital or who have needed support? And we recorded actually an episode on caregiving and my experience with caregiving with Stephanie Muscat from Compassion and Caregiving. So if you're interested in that content, we'll link to it in the show notes. But one of the things that has been so core to my caring for other people who have needed it and supporting other people who have needed it is that I've been their advocate. You know, I've helped them speak their voice, speak their truth. I've helped them to get the care that they need. You know, we've talked a lot of times on this podcast about how there are professionals who have called me and who have called Jonathan, our COO, and also my husband for help when they've been in the emergency room. Because of substance abuse and other issues in the, in the professions. And that was because of the pressure. And we were their advocate there as well, making sure that they needed, they got the support that they needed, making sure that they got the care that they needed and making sure that they, that they weren't overlooked. And so this is all, believe it or not, <laughs> stuff that went through my head in a matter of minutes. And one of the things that I kept coming back to was, you know, if I'm not going to advocate for myself, who is? So I decided to go back to the hospital, but the way that it works here, the way that I at least understood that it works here where I am is that because I had initially been admitted to the fracture clinic that I needed to correspond with the fracture clinic itself. So I called the fracture clinic rather than just showing up because it's not the emergency department and somebody will not always be there to see you, especially since you're assigned a surgeon. So what ended up happening was I called and I was pretty much ignored for, like, I would say a solid two days. Now, if you sort of know anything about injuries and care and receiving the right care at the right time, you know that two days can be really crucial to, for example, nerve damage and other kinds of healing, including bone healing, including, you know, other internal healing. And I didn't know what was going on because we had a, I had a cast on a plaster cast or whatever it was called. It was like a, one of the, one of the, you know, new technology sort of fancy wrap casts that was purple and I can't remember what it was called like something like carbon fiber or some something like that and the first cast I had was plaster in the emergency room and then it was changed to the more high-tech material and that's what was on and so something that I also know about from my time as a lawyer and certainly as a medical malpractice lawyer which I still practice is that when things are overlooked That is usually when there is the, you know, potential start to a lawsuit. And I did not want that to happen to me because I deal with that for many clients and I see how these things unfold. And there was no way that that was going to happen to me. So I ended up getting pretty resourceful with who I was calling. And I ended up being told that I could come back and actually see a surgeon that day. So I went back. And what happened was that they sent me straight for an x-ray and I ended up actually seeing the same cast technician or orthopedic technician as I did when I was the first there. They were the ones that put the initial purple cast on me or the second cast, I should say. The first one was plastered from the ER, as I said. And I ended up going for that x-ray right when I got there and I went back to the waiting room. And I was called and I wasn't even like in a room. I was in the hallway and the one of the surgeons who were there, who was there, not the one that ended up being my, my point person, but one of the surgeons there basically screamed down the hall at me like, oh yeah, you're like, this is surgical. And I was like, I, <laughs> like that's how you tell somebody that they need surgery. It's actually no different than the way I was told my ankle was broken, which was 1130 at night when I was in the ER with jonathan and the er orthopedic surgeon who was down there called my name in the hallway like in it was it was sort of it was like the orthopedic department that i was in at that point i was in like a room with a curtain but they just screamed my name yeah and they were like oh i'm pretty sure it's broken and i was like that is the way that you tell somebody that their leg that their ankle is broken and the exact same thing happened in the fracture clinic. And I just was, you know, I'm always, you know, I, I, anyway, I was appalled that that is how, because what, what sometimes practitioners don't realize is that you're actually changing the course of somebody's life for the next, you know, four, six, eight, you know, 12 weeks, maybe more. So, you know, and I get that they're busy, but it's, you know, it's, there's something to be said for like breaking hard news in a way that isn't so abrasive. So, Anyway, in the fractal clinic, I'm standing in the hallway. They're like, Oh yeah, you're going to need surgery. And I was like, Okay. So they said to me, do you want to see the x-ray? And I said, yes. <laughs> so I'm looking at the x-ray and it was a, there was a small displacement. Apparently the displacement was two millimeters, which, you know, when you're talking about bones is a lot. It was causing the pain that I was feeling so I wasn't, you know, hallucinating and the pain was real. And, you know, we have all of these conversations in in academia and health policy about pain. And certainly in my area of study, which is pharmaceutical policy and regulation and fraud, we have a lot of conversations about pain and the fact that you can't see it and you have to take someone's word for it. And it's the way that they feel anyway. So just everything that, you know, there, there are times in your life when everything that, you know, or many things that you work on, sort of comes to uh, comes to the forefront of your own life and you're able to connect the dots in a very different way. Previously it had been for me taking care of others or me while I was, you know, giving birth. But in this case it was, you know, me having a displaced bone now that was in this cast that then had to be removed and so I thought that they were going to remove the cast and maybe put a different one on prior to surgery. But that's not what happened. And what ended up happening was that they basically said to me on the spot, do you or do you not want surgery? And this is after like a two-minute conversation about the displacement. And I get that, you know, the orthopedic surgeons, you know, they see a billion of these a day. You know, the ones who were, you know, in the department were very skilled. You know, they've been practicing for like 20, 30 years. And I have so much respect for them and the work that they do. But, you know, a little bit more conversation, just so I understand, you know, what exactly is happening would have been helpful. And so I, you know, asked as many questions as I could or that I thought I, that I thought of in the moment. And I was there by myself. You know, I didn't have somebody sitting with me because it was the middle of the work day. And, you know, I had to rush in because I had just received, you know, the appointment that day. It was seven in the morning when they called me in for 1030. So there wasn't a whole lot of time to. You know, get my ducks in a row. So I was there alone. And, you know, my advice is always take somebody with you when you're going into a, you know, hospital or doctor's appointment or anything like that, because you need somebody else to hear what you're hearing to make sense of it. And somebody else will always hear things a little bit differently than you will. And it's important that you can ask the person that was with you, you know, do you remember if they said something about this or that? Or, or they might have a question that you may not think of asking because you're sort of receiving information and, and you're in shock. So as knowledgeable about the healthcare system as I am, as much experience as I've had advocating for other people when it's just you there and you're all of a sudden told you need to decide whether you want surgery, like in the next five minutes, you're in a very different set of shoes. And what was going through my mind was, okay, well, can I heal? And these are questions that I asked, can I heal, you know, properly and correctly without surgery? What am I going to do with, you know, essentially a newborn and, and a toddler at home? And, you know, we were very lucky that, you know, we're able to have help and, and the rest of it, but, you know, it's still, I can't, for example, like pick up my baby and change their diaper. I can't, I can't, you know, pick them up when they're hungry to feed them. Like somebody has to pick the baby up and give me the baby. Like it's, I never thought that this would be part of my experience, but it is. And I'm so grateful that I do have the support around me that, that I can get help with these things while I'm recovering. So those are, that's what's running through my mind when they're telling me I need surgery and essentially like i'm still in the hallway i was not in like a room or anything they just said okay like sit in that wheelchair right there cuz they like i'm standing on crutches while they're telling me this sit in the wheelchair and decide <laughs> I was like okay so i asked a few more questions i saw the x-ray there was a clear displacement and they said you know if you don't have the surgery then and 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 they said you know it's a simple surgery we you know it's a very common like we do this sort of thing all the time and so they said, you know, if you don't do the surgery, then you will likely, you know, not have 100% use of your ankle, you're going to have pain. And, you know, my, there's a lot that I want to do, I'm not willing to have pain, if I can avoid it for, you know, the rest of my life, because I didn't want to, you know, have surgery when it was suggested to me. So I ended up actually calling my mom was a medical professional. I called obviously my husband, but I will say I called my mom first (laughs) and I, and then I actually think I conference them both in, you know, we just decided, yeah, like this needs to happen. So basically when is it going to be? So the next step was telling the surgeon that I consented. I signed the paperwork that I consented. And then I, they sent me on my way and they said, you'll get a phone call. And then I essentially was waiting for two days for a phone call about when I would be getting surgery. And it was a waiting game. It was a pure waiting game. I was a name on a list. And I had to wait my turn. And I spoke with the surgeon every morning at, you know, seven in the morning at the beginning of their day, they called to tell me whether or not today was my day. And, you know, they go down the list and, you know, as they're asking me or telling me whether it's my day or not, you know, I asked a few questions, you know, if I were to go, you know, through your office rather than through the hospital, for example, you know, how long would I have to wait? And the wait time was four to six or eight weeks for this exact surgery that I needed if I had gone through their private offices rather than through the hospital and and through the hospital. I had the surgery about two days later, I believe. So I think that this, I went in on the Monday and I had surgery on the Thursday. And that's pretty good. You know, I've done a lot of work and a lot of teaching and a lot of research in my time as a professor on wait times in the emergency room, wait times in hospitals. And, you know, this was not bad at all. And there are many circumstances in which people have to wait months for a surgery. And what my concern was, of course, and as anybody's would be, is that the bones will start to heal improperly if you, if you leave them for too long, of course. And what they had done, you know, while I was there after I had consented to the surgery was they cut off the microfiber, carbon fiber, whatever it was called, cast that I had, and they taped it back on. (laughs) So. I ended up leaving with a taped cast and the reason that they did that was because they didn't want the cast to be so tight as to force the bones into a position that they would heal improperly. So that's how I left that day and now you will listen to part two of this episode
0: next week to find out what happened next. See you then. Thanks for listening to the Advancement Spot Podcast. If you heard something today that helped you get one step closer to achieving the amazing life you want, and you'd like to learn more about working with me, I'd love to hop on a call with you to see how we can help you. So follow me on Instagram at ApplyYourselfGlobal and send me an email at hello at ApplyYourselfGlobal.com. I'd love to hear from you. Remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode leave this episode a review and share this episode with somebody you think needs a boost of inspiration and actionable tools to help them succeed. Thanks for joining me and see you next week.